0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, He doesn't get in
0: He fumbled the football.
2: Heal tough blog. Hey guys, welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. We are back. It is our first uh, official 2021 class podcast uh, here. So we are turning our attention to the 2021 class as uh, the 2020 class. Had a little bit of time to digest that uh, on the recruiting trail. Now uh, the focus really has turned to the 2021 class and ahead of what is a huge junior day for the Tar Heels this upcoming month. Weekend. Uh, We figured we'd give you a little bit of a look into that 2021 class uh, with our look at our top 10 players uh, that the Tar Heels should be targeting in the 2021 class. Um, So, with that, we bring in our recruiting analyst here at the Heel Tough blog. It is Zach Hubbard. Uh, Hey, buddy, how's it going, man? I know uh, it's been a little bit of time. You got to digest the 2020 class. Still probably feeling pretty good about that. Uh, The 2021 class now you know you've probably been doing a little research to get your list compiled and everything this class I think probably has us feeling even more excited than the 2020 class did in terms of what could potentially be for the Tar Heels in just a loaded class in the state of North Carolina
1: I'd absolutely agree, and I mean, based on what we saw with the re- the 2020 recruiting class, we saw a pretty strong finish by the Tar Heels staff. Um, 2020 class with the current permits, if it stays where it is, would be mm-hmm. ranked uh, 19th in the nation and number three in the ACC, which is a pretty you know pretty steep jump from what we've seen over the past couple seasons recruiting before that. So really a big jump, a lot of energy around the Tar Heels staff and, you know, the coaches that Mac Brown has assembled to recruit for the Tar Heels. And I think that's, like you said, that's going to move forward into 2021. It's a pretty loaded class here at the state, really one of the best ones, I think, in memory. And that's pretty much mm-hmm. been the sentiment um, across not only us here on the blog, but really with other sources there as well, to cover recruiting that, you know, this is one of the best and deepest, North Carolina recruiting classes in a while, so you know, really some exciting prospects here, and I'm really excited to you know take a look at you know some of the ones that we like, some of the early guys that we you know really want to add to this. Uh,
2: recruiting class. Well, one guy has been locked down for a while, one of the top players in the state. That is safety, Dontavius Nash, the four star out of Hunter Huss High School in Gastonia, North Carolina. And then the Tarios earlier this week just added another commitment. This one, a really big one. Caleb Hood, the 2021 three star athlete out of Richmond Senior High School out in Rockingham. Of course, you guys saw uh, back in November, we did an interview with him. We were out there at his game uh, against. Uh, Cameron Roseman Sinclair who's a 2020 commit uh, when they played Myers Park in their state uh, quarterfinal game and uh, so it was a really good look. He was a guy that had been looking at Carolina. Of course his dad Errol played cornerback for the Tar Heels back in the late 90s and early 2000s and so he ends up going up to Chapel Hill over this past weekend. Uh, Really loved what he saw on Sunday night. Did commit to Carolina so a huge get for the Tar Heels. One of those guys that really isn't ranked that high, but when you throw on the film, when you go out and actually watch him in person, he's a really good young player, a guy that has a lot of upside. Um, You know, He's a guy that starts at quarterback for Richmond. This will be his fourth year starting there. He actually started as a freshman, something that is pretty rare for a school as good as uh, Richmond County is. And he has really been a a great three-year player out there. Over 2,000 yards passing in uh, each of the last two seasons after not throwing for 2,000 yards his first year, but coming in just under. Also a real Good runner can really cause some issues with his legs, Um, but you know, as a guy that's seen as an athlete mainly because they just really don't know how he's going to fit in a lot of the offenses at the college level. And of course, we when we talked to him, he said uh, that originally Carolina was looking at him as a safety, but they think that you know they're going to give him a a look at quarterback and see what he can do, see if he can adjust to the offense a little bit. So, um, you know, it seems like one of those situations, maybe kind of similar to what Jefferson Boas. Is, is this year where he's a guy that probably can play other positions, but he's really kind of stuck on playing quarterback? He, in his mind, wants to at least give it a shot, and there's enough talent there that even if it doesn't work out at quarterback, he could be able to move somewhere else and be effective. So, you know, what, what was your immediate reaction, Zach, when you saw that Caleb Hood had committed to the 2021 class for the Tar Heels? I mean, it's really got to be one of, you know, a good thing that we're seeing these guys that are in state already realizing the progress that Carolina has made and just like in the 2021 or uh, 2020 class excuse me jumping on board early
1: yeah, absolutely, and Caleb in particular obviously was a legacy, so there was obviously that connection there of, you know, he was kind of an assumption of Carolina was going to be deep in the mix. Now, I don't know if there was necessarily the mindset of he's going to commit this early, but it obviously was a prospect that Carolina wanted, as you mentioned, plays quarterback primarily in high school, but might look to move around to different positions in college. Safety has been the one mentioned most often, so kind of with that positional that Diversity. There was the comparison to Jefferson Boaz in the
0: 2020 class, but another comparison to a current Tar Heel player that I've heard uh, is a comparison to Chas Ratt, uh, yep. the rising senior linebacker that
1: obviously played quarterback in high school, started out at quarterback for Carolina before moving to inside linebacker this past season and had a lot of success there. So based on what I've heard, there's kind of a similar feel to, um, I guess, the athletic background. Of both Chas Ratt and Caleb Hood, obviously very good high school quarterbacks, very dynamic athletes, very good runners. Um, And really, the staff wants to use that in a variety of different ways uh, if they can might be a quarterback, might be at safety, um, they're really throwing out a, a whole bunch of different positions uh, just because of that athletic background. He can run, he can catch, he can block, he can tackle, he can do it all, essentially. And it's really just, you know, how are we going to use exceptional athletes in exceptional ways? Now, I think that, like you said, it's probably going to get that shot at quarterback, but, you know... In my my opinion, I don't know if quarterback is his, you know, 100% this is what he's going to be in college and in the future onwards. So, in my mind, as quickly as we can get him, you know, looking at a variety of things, including quarterback, but as quickly as we can get him experience at multiple offensive positions and multiple defensive positions really early in that, you know, first semester or first freshman year to get a sense of what he's good at get a sense of what this skill set is because mm-hmm. he is a very very good athlete he's one that can be used in a lot of different ways right. but he's one that I'm certainly excited about and one that you know I, I really like that In recruiting the class, not only in the 2020 class, but here in the 2021 class, uh, Carolina on both sides of the ball are willing to take chances on guys that don't necessarily have a set position, guys that they can sort of experiment and find a slot for, and it's, uh, I think, that sort of uh, flexibility in the scheme on both sides is a real benefit and a real weapon that can be used in play this fall.
2: Yeah, I love the comparison to Chaz Surratt. I immediately thought of that when I went out there and was watching him play against Myers Park. was a guy that you know could make some of those throws, didn't have the most impressive uh, deep ball, but at the same time could still throw it, but seems like a guy that really just has an all-around great athletic background, could play somewhere else if you need him to um, and and I agree I think you know getting him in and, and maybe being able to look at him at other spots and I, I think that could happen when you see some of these camps that'll eventually be coming up especially uh, the Mac Brown camp that they did uh, you know back in June this past year that's where they found out Jefferson Boaz could play you know tight end linebacker they ran him through a bunch of drills and I think that's where the interest really started to peak this one's a little bit different because you already have him committed but that could still be a place where you go out have a Come out there, maybe have him go through some of the quarterback drills, and then say, "Hey, Caleb, why don't you go over and do some of the defensive back drills? Why don't you go over and do some of the linebacker drills, and let's just see what you can do in those positions, just in case we want to use you there um, before we end up, you know, eventually giving you the shot at quarterback if you know uh, you just don't get a couple of guys to commit. I mean, the good thing is, is this is how you should look at it. Um, if, if you're a Tar Heel fan, this is a guy that is a legacy, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, that's that's always. Huge to lock up those types of players and not let them go elsewhere. And the other big thing is, is that if for some reason the Tar Heels aren't able to add one of the bigger named quarterbacks in the class, they already have a quarterback committed in this class. So that's the big thing. It was a problem under Larry Fedora, the the fact that you weren't able to bring in a quarterback every year. It seems like this staff is really doing a great job of addressing that. And you know, it doesn't seem like that's a, a huge need, but it is very, very important important, especially with everything that's been going on with the transfer portal over uh, the last two years, to make sure that you've got enough guys in place. And the quarterback position is one that, you know, if if there is some interest from other schools, guys will move on pretty quickly. So, I think that's huge for Carolina to lock them down, and also just a, a really talented overall player. It'll be interesting uh, to see what he brings to the table this senior year uh, coming up for Richmond High School. Uh, should be a great chance for them to go to the state title, and Uh, If we get a chance, we're going to hopefully go out there and see him again this year. So uh, they locked down one of the better ones in the state. Don't know if that was a guy that was on your list, Zach. He actually was not on my list of 10. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go through our top targets in the 2021 class. Um, So these are the guys that so far have been offered by Carolina and that we think the Tar Heels should really kind of put their focus on. So how we're going to do this is, you know, we're going to go through and we're going to give our top 10, but we'll start from the bottom. We'll go 10-1 to uh, ranking the uh, not the least important, but still out of the group, the least important up to the most important guy that we think the Tar Heels should be focused on in this 2021 class. Uh, So I I don't know how you went about it. I know for me, I kind of looked at both talent as well as what the needs are going to be in this class. Is that kind of where you went with that? Or were you really just maybe focused on more of the talent or more of the need side of things? I tended to focus a little bit
1: more on the talent in this aspect or just guys that really stuck out to me. Uh In general, I think it's a little early to really know what the needs are in this class just because... Technically, the 2020 class is still being recruited, obviously not, not a whole lot of guys still on the board to be right. added, so the roster most likely is what it is going into fall. Maybe a little bit of attrition here and there, but we we most likely know what this team is going to be, we know what the right. makeup is going to be, we have a good idea of who the guys leaving will be in December and onwards throughout the season, but... Up until that point, you know, at this point, it's hard to really say what exactly the number at each position is going to be. So for the time being, you know, really just went based on, you know, what stuck out to me about each guy, watched a lot of film on pretty much every guy on my list, as mm-hmm. I'm sure you have for years, but yep. really just wanted to look at, you know, what are the guys that can really, you know, build that depth, have to the athletic profile of this team and, you know, really take this team to the next level going forward.
2: There we go. So let's jump into it. I'm going to let you go first because I am the host of the show and I'm a gracious host. So go ahead, lead us off here with number 10. Who do you got number 10 on your list?
1: All right, number 10 on my list. I have a defensive lineman out of Rocky Mount, North Carolina, Rocky Mount High School. That is Keyshawn Silver, ranked as a three-star in the current 2021 composite. Um, listed as a strong side defensive end, but kind of has a little bit of that flexibility, obviously, within uh, the 3 forces. system. So probably projects more as that four-eye, uh, similar to Miles Murphy and uh, Ketrick Bingley-Jones, like we saw in the 2020 class, but really just like his profile uh, listed at 6'5". Kind of fluctuates between 240 and 250, so obviously some weight will need to be added there, probably you know anywhere between 20, 30, 40 pounds, depending on where he shifts any given day. Um, and obviously that'll come with a college strength and conditioning program, but really the one thing that sticks out to me from his profile as a defensive lineman is his speed. He's really fast. He's really agile, really good at side-to-side motion, so it's not possible that there's potential for him on certain plays to move inside as a pass-rushing role. It's not possible that he plays what would be an outside linebacker, and the Targills take more of a traditional 4-3 front uh, within Jay Bateman's defense. You know, You have sort of that flexibility there, so obviously defensive line was a big position in the 2020 class. They're still going to get some more guys here in the 2021 class, and Keyshawn Silver is one of my favorites.
2: So, number 10, I went with three star wide receiver Breon Pass from Reedsville High School in Reedsville, North Carolina. Of course, we went and saw him uh, earlier this year while we were looking at Jefferson Boaz and uh, a guy that really, you know, a smaller wide receiver but has really good range, can go up and get the football. And this was another one that, you know, for me, I looked at and said, "This is really based on need because wide receiver is going to be in need uh, with the fact that look, you're you're going to lose, and of course, this is you know just based on what we saw from this past year. Again, these guys still have all of this year to go uh, coming up in 2020, but you're going to lose." Uh, Daz Newsome, no doubt. You'll lose Bo Corrales, and you'll also lose Rontavious Grove. So those are three of your top guys from this past year that won't be there after next year. So that seems like a really big position of need. I know Carolina's done a really good job the last two years of bringing in wide receivers, but this is a guy that. Carolina is really good with right now, has really good ties with. He was just on campus again this past weekend. He's taken frequent visits to campus, and, you know, it's really a guy that I, I think could fit what Carolina wants to do. Really good in the open space, a guy that can catch just about anything that's thrown his way. And, you know, also a guy, I mean, you know, he's got a really good athletic background because he is playing basketball right now, one of the better players in the state overall, uh, actually, at his level in 2A. So, yeah, I, I think everything about him. Screams a a really successful young player again. You know, some people may look at him and say, a three star, you know, is that really what we're going after? Because there's some other guys that you'll see won't be on my list. But I think really the fact that Carolina has already gotten a really good tie with him and and, and is really maybe able to build on that, I think it's huge for him. And I think he also fits this offense just really, really well. Phil Longo and his staff should really be going after this one. So, who do you got at number nine?
1: All right, at number nine. I have a cornerback out of Jacksonville, North Carolina, one of the top defensive back targets still on the board. That is Tamir Brown, also rated as a three-star in the composite. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, one of the top corners still on the board. Um, From the information that I've received, really, you know, one of defensive coordinator Jay Bateman's favorite recruits, specifically within the state, um, in the 2021 class. And knowing sort of the other information I've got uh, about the, you know, the quarterback position within this defense, they want them to be a little bit longer, a little bit more of the six foot and over, and they want them to be able to, you know, sort of survive on an island without safety help, as they like to bring the safeties down play different uh, various roles you know within the defense they'll move to single high they'll move safeties down to play in the box or to mm-hmm. rush the passer or do anything along those lines with you know as we know the big thing with the defense now is that we're you know, we're blitzing from multiple angles so that mainly mm-hmm. requires more from the safeties that requires your corners to play more one-on-one coverage so based on all the information i've gotten and how much jay Batman likes him and the film i've looked at that's really the profile that we're seeing here currently listed at about 510 170 information I've got is that you know more recently he's grown a little bit more closer to that six foot mark enough so that there is a significant amount of height and length there uh, to feel a little more comfortable a little more within what the staff wants at the cornerback position really good in coverage really good at you know taking a receiver one-on-one um, kind of reminds me a little bit not exactly in play style but just in sort of the situation reminds me of is Conley, somewhat uh, from the 2020 class. Plays at a smaller school there in Jacksonville. Plays a lot of offense. We uh, plays some quarterback uh, a little bit through for about 700 yards, rush for 700. So they're using him in a lot of different ways. One of those guys that is probably a defensive back at the college level, but has experience, mm-hmm. you know, playing within an offense, catching, receiving, running, all of that stuff. Just because of the, you know, advanced athleticism. Athletic profile, so that's generally a really good sign that you like to see from your defensive backs if they do get that opportunity to play quarterback in high school, or running back, or wide receiver, what have you. Not only because it shows that they're excellent athletes, but it shows that they they understand how offenses work. They understand how you know how the other side of the ball is going to attack them once they're there on the defensive side. So, you know, really a good a good guy. Really, we've sort of mentioned with the commits right that we have right now. Presumably, you know if Caleb was to stay at safety, you have two defensive back commits. Could potentially be the third or the second mm-hmm. uh, if Caleb moves to a different position, but just really another guy that you know I'm hearing the staff really wants and a guy that I think Carolina's in a good position
2: for at this time. So my guy that I have at number 9 kind of you could see him somewhere in the defensive backfield also is kind of put on the way to potentially play linebacker that's four-star athlete Gabe Stevens at uh, a Mountain Island Charter High school uh, in Mount Holly North Carolina of course you guys will remember that that's where uh, the guy that is expected to sign with Carolina here in February Elijah Burris is from and Stevens is a guy that's kind of just grown throughout his time in high school started as a corner on the outside a guy that really kind of fit what you you were just describing about Tamir Brown, a guy that could play one-on-one coverage, had some good size, and I think still has the ability to do that, but is a little bit stiff hip, and and I think that's why they've moved him inside to play a little more safety, a little more hybrid linebacker position, which is something that Carolina is wanting to use a little bit more in this defense this year. This past season in 2019, it was really just because they didn't have the personnel. Jay Bateman kind of made the adjustment and went without that, but he really wanted that guy that can be that hybrid safety slash linebacker, which is something that you know I think we'll see this year because I think Kadri Jackson's going to play a little bit more, and that's kind of what Gabe Stevens reminds me a little bit of when you turn on his tape. That's the type of player that he's going to be, and I think that's something that Carolina really, really wants. And this is another guy that again has a really good relationship with Carolina. He's been up to Carolina a ton. Was there a bunch with Elijah Burris this past season and And right now, Carolina is seen as pretty much the co-favorites. Them and South Carolina, it's pretty much a two-horse race. Um, There's some other teams on the outside that are still trying to make a little bit of noise, but I think he'll end up at one of those two schools. So I think for Carolina, this is one of those ones that you want to get wrapped up early. I think that they'll have the potential to do that. Um, And, you know, this year coming up for Stevens, he was injured a little bit early in the year uh, here in 2019. As a senior, we'll get to see a little bit more of him, maybe be able to get a little more film of him at that hybrid linebacker/safety position that he played this year, um, and and again, this is one of those ones that I think the staff just really wants to lock down because they know they're in a good position. They know he fits what they want to do on the defensive side of the football. So don't be shocked if this is a name that you see start to heat up uh, here in the next couple of months, couple of weeks, possibly even with senior or with junior day coming up. Excuse me. So uh, that's one of those guys that I think Carolina's really got to focus on in this class and that's why he's at number nine who do you have at number eight on your list
1: all right at number eight i have a end in on charlotte north carolina out of south mecklenburg and that is brian Nesbit, arguably the top tight end target in this class, obviously saw Carolina take quite a few tight ends last year. You know, John Coben, Haver, Kendall Carr, even mm-hmm. potentially Jefferson Boaz uh, to fill in the losses that they had from this past offseason. But if there's any tight end that Carolina wants to take in this 2021 20, class, I can almost guarantee you it's going to be Brian Nespo. I think this guy is pretty high on tight end coach Tim Brewster's list. A local guy, obviously, 6'6", 220, big length, but just a huge catch radius, big time receiver for, at the tight end position, which I think is really something that this offense would like to have. Um, you saw sort of past experience that um, offensive coordinator Phil Longo has had a miss. They had guys like Evan Ingram. They had taller wide receivers um, that we now see in the NFL like A.J. Brown, B.J. Metcalf where you have those tall guys that are quick and can get out in space and catch the ball. So I think that's really something that the offense would like to have. And I think that, the, that they really fill that role here with Brian Miss, but I think they really want to have another option. Um, I've heard People even go so far to say, you know, the Carolina staff is considering this, and not to use hyperbole, but they're considering this, considering this to be an Eric Ebron type player. And you know, Carolina fans, Carolina football fans specifically, within the last few years, are going to recognize their name, and you know, they're going to they're going to perk up. They're going to hear that name. And they're going to see, you know, this is a big recruitment, and that's that's the phrasing that's being put around this recruitment. So, big time player in the state, in the Charlotte area to watch going forward. And uh, one that I'm personally really excited
2: for. So I'll raise you a big-time Charlotte area recruit with another one. Uh, this is one that I think I'll catch a little bit of slack on because he's pretty low on my list as compared to probably where everybody else has him. Uh, I have four-star running back Evan Pryor out of Huff High School from Cornelius um, as my number eight guy on the list, and this is really just because of the projected need at the position. Um, now, of course, you you know, Michael Carter will leave. Um, but really, I think, you know, this year, Carolina, of course, bringing in three running backs in this class, um, unless something was to happen with Elijah Burns, which again, you know, we I've said this multiple times, even back when we were talking on, on the show, uh, you know, prior to early signing day, he is not... Shying away from his commitment at all, he's not looking elsewhere. Um, he's definitely going to be a part of this class. So, uh, I, you know, bringing in three guys in this class, there's a lot of guys that uh, I, I think have a, a lot of potential from this class. DJ Jones, as well as Elijah Green, and then of course Elijah Burris, as I mentioned, I think all three of them have some really good potential, and if they get in this offense, can, can really work uh, very well for Phil Longo and his guys. Uh, the reason Evan Pryor's on this list. Though, is he is a really really good talent and is a guy that I think fits this offense very well. Not only is he a guy that is a dynamic running back out of the backfield, good change of pace guy. Uh, as a, you know, that that would work very well with Javante Williams, who would be uh, the top running back if he was to come in and play as a true freshman. Um, so he would be a really good change of pace from him, a guy that when he hits the hole, he can go zero to a hundred in the snap of a finger. Um, I mean, I saw him this past year. Uh, when they played in the Charlotte kickoff night, and his speed really just surprised me. And then the best thing about him, the reason that I think he fits this offense so well, is because he's a guy that can come out of the backfield and catch the football. And that's something that I think is going to become really, really important for this team. We saw it sort of pick up as the year went along. Uh, neither one of the guys, uh, Michael Carter or Javante Williams, that played significant moments were able to reach that 30 catch mark but I feel like maybe this year Michael Carter could be that guy I just don't see Javante Williams being that great receiver out of the backfield and that's okay I think that Evan Pryor could be that type of guy that can catch the football out of the backfield and really make some things happen and so uh, I think that he would be just a great fit I feel like he's one of those guys that is seen as one of the bigger targets uh, especially on the offensive side of the football in the state and so I think that's going to be one of the big reasons why Carolina is going to be all over him. Carolina is in his gr- uh, final group of schools as well. So, I mean, look, this is a guy that, as of right now, really has a good connection with Carolina. Is one of the better players in the state, and I think Carolina really needs to knock this one out of the park. This would be a huge get if they could steal him away from some other schools that are on his radar that have had really good track records with the running backs, and also are, are just teams that will be competing Not only for conference championships, but national championships as well. He's the type of player that could help Carolina get there on a consistent basis. So, who do you have at number seven on your list as we continue to roll along?
1: All right. At number seven, you know, I had to include an. Offensive lineman, one of the most underrated positions on the football field. I had right. at least one offensive lineman, and I chose one that uh, specifically a Carolina player would be most familiar with. And that's Michael Gonzalez uh, from Sun Valley High School there. Okay. In
0: that's, of course, of course, Sam Howells, yep. former high school. I believe uh,
1: Michael was his left tackle when he's there. I'm not 100% sure, but I do believe he was his left.
2: Tackle yeah, Michael moved around there. a little bit. He was kind of, he was at guard, at tackle a little bit, but I think he was left tackle his senior year, yes.
1: Yes, so, you know, among these offensive linemen, I don't think that we really have a great prof- profile on yeah, and generally you want to see a lot of their senior film before you you know, really set in stone this is what this guy is going to be, but just based on familiarity between a quarterback and his left tackle there's a big deal of chemistry there Michael specifically, as you mentioned, a guy that you know, has shown uh, athletic validity in moving around on the line, maybe not the traditional tackle size, this is listed there at 6'4", 280, but you know, based on everything I've seen, really good athlete really strong, but still fluid in motion has good feet, so had to pick at least one offensive lineman there, really just wanted to get one that I figured, you know, there's going to be some connection here, so that was my choice for number seven. Uh, moving on from there, uh, who is your number seven
2: pick? I went with an offensive lineman as well. Believe it or not, I have a three-star offensive tackle, Andrew Canellis, from Leesville Road High School in Raleigh, and uh, I, I went with him because Michael Gonzalez is really good player. I like Canellis's athleticism just a little bit better, and I feel like the offensive tackle spot is one of those spots that you really just can never have enough guys at. That's been a position that. Can Carolina really likes to focus on, and I think Kanellis is also one of those types of guys that if for some reason he didn't really work out a tackle, he could be that type of guy like Marcus McKeithen that could maybe put on the weight and kick inside if you needed to. Now, the interesting thing about Kanellis is this is a guy that we, you know, he's he's athletic. He really did a pretty good job this past year uh, as a pass protector, but we really don't know a ton about him because he wasn't the focus of the offensive line. Anytime that anybody used to go out and watch Leesville Road, they were watching Mitchell Mays, the five-star offensive tackle, uh, who will actually kick inside to guard, and that is going to Clemson. So uh, I remember I was at the state title game watching him a little bit, and I was kind of impressed with what he what we saw from him. I think this next year is going to be huge for Canellas though, and I think that's going to determine whether or not he actually moves up some boards and maybe gets some different interest um, from some of the other bigger schools because he's going to be the focus on that. That offensive line. He's going to be the guy that's going to anchor an offensive line for Leesville Road that will hope to help what should still be a really good football team. So I'm intrigued. That's one of those guys that I think I'm going to have to probably go back and look at uh, potentially go back on the road and see uh, this next year. But I still think there's a lot there. Again, another really good established relationship for Carolina. A guy that was on campus a lot this past year. And you know, again, we talked you know about offensive linemen. Look, I mean you can look at the depth on the offensive line, but you can never really have that much depth on the offensive line, because as we saw this past year, there are times where your offensive linemen are going to get banged up. They're the guys that take the most hits along with the defensive linemen, so you always want to have those types of guys in place, and I think Canellis is the guy out of the group of offensive linemen uh, that are in this state that are really, really good this year. I think he's the guy that I'm going to focus on. So, number six, as we close out the first half of our list, who do you got there in that Thanks,
1: so, number six, I do have a player that you have already mentioned,
2: so I do want to keep it brief, mm-hmm. not repeat too much, but I have running back, Ed Pryor, as you already
1: mm-hmm. mentioned, really, really, really good running back out of the state of North Carolina, uh, and a guy that I really like. If there was to be one running back that Carolina would get in his class, or mm-hmm. in this class, I should say, he would be my pick. Right. He is super explosive, like you said, speed from 0 to 100 uh, in a second, probably a really good... Um, pass catcher out of the backfield, which was something that I kind of wanted more of with Michael Carter this past season for the Tar Heels and really think that they could use uh, this upcoming season in the offense. So, you know, like you said, really, really good, really explosive running back, but obviously there's going to be some tough competition there Uh, Mm -hmm. based on the information we have right now, probably planning to cut that list down pretty soon. Carolina should be on it, but there's also going to be several you know, pretty strong programs on the list. Ohio State most likely gets a spot. Penn State, uh, Georgia, most likely also on that list. So some big-time programs that are known for producing big-time running backs are going to be going out for his services, obviously. On one end, you take that as a compliment. You say, hey, this is a big-time player that people right. know about nationally, but it's going to be a tough recruitment. It's going to be a dogfight for anyone to get his commitment. So Just another guy on the list for Carolina that's a really really good player
2: Yeah, I got another guy on the list at number six. Uh, That's a really, really good player. Another guy that's got a really good connection with Carolina. That's four-star strong side defensive end Javari Ritzy from Glenn High School in Kernersville, North Carolina. And, you know, another guy that when you just look at him, this is a guy that kind of fits that four-eye technique spot really, really well. Again, defensive lineman, another position that you just really can't have enough of. And this is a group for Carolina on the defensive line. And this be something that I'll be talking about with Josh a little bit more when we start to get towards the season and we start to break down the 2020 team. This is a position that while there still are a decent amount of guys here, they are going to be really really thin this next year and they're going to be really young as well. So again, they're always you can never really have enough depth on the defensive line. Carolina doesn't have a ton of it heading into the 2020 season so I think once again in the 2021 class Defensive end is going to be another spot that they're going to really hit that and defensive tackle as well. I think nose tackle, they might find one uh, in there as well. Definitely a guy that we'll talk about here down the line. Um, I know he's got to be on both lists, but Ritzy is a guy that, you know, I, I just like his overall physicality, a guy that also has some really good athleticism to him as well. Um, But I mean, I, I think he could cause some problems against some of those slower guards with that leverage that he would get at the four eye technique spot. But this is a guy that look, you know, while we've talked about a lot of the other guys being in really good position, Carolina is in really good position for this one as well. But also NC state is right there. Both of those schools have kind of gone back and forth. And of course, NC state, the last few years have produced some really, really good defensive linemen, so it's not really a shock that they're there as well, but I think it's going to be a just a, an unbelievable recruiting battle between Carolina and State for his services. Carolina looks to be in good position. He's been on campus a lot, um, but they're they're going to have their work cut out for him, and I think this is a piece that Tim Cross would really like to have on his defensive line. We'll just have to see whether or not he can lock it down. All right, so as we turn to our top five, who do you have at number five on your list? Alright, number five, yet again, a guy that has already been mentioned, so I want
1: to go real quick on this, but athlete Gabe Stevens out of Mount Island Charter there mm. in Mount Holly, North Carolina, kind of a guy that we've seen move around in the defense, like you mentioned, uh, but really one that's more being improved now by North Carolina, that sort of outside linebacker, inside linebacker, safety hybrids, really a guy that they want to use a lot of different ways, and one they really didn't have, you know, good Fit for in the defense this past year, just with the personnel they had. So, as you said, a guy that they really like his athletic background, really like that he's played, has that coverage experience, has some experience rushing the passer. So, you know, a really good skill set to be that sort of Swiss Army knife within that Jay Bacon defense. And um, you know, like you said, uh, his teammates uh, with current Carolina commit Elijah Burris that we expect to sign in February. So, Carolina kind of has that inside track, uh, obviously another in-state local guy, but really just all-around great athlete uh, like several of the other guys that we've already mentioned and, you know, a guy that I'm really, you know, really intrigued by and really hope that signs in this North Carolina class.
2: So this is the first time that I actually have a guy that was on your list. I have the guy that you had at number 10 at number 5 in Keyshawn Silver, the three-star strong side defensive end from Rocky Mount High School in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Really the reason that I have him here is kind of just a culmination of really everything that you said uh, as well as the fact that I think he can kind of bounce between that 4 eye or rush end position because I feel like he's got the body type to play the rush end position, but also if you put on the weight, he has the physicality to play inside. But also, as you mentioned, really, really athletic guy will help set the edge. Is not a guy that's really just going to be a straight line pass rusher. Um, for example, if you're kind of wondering what the difference is between a straight line guy and a guy that can really help in in run defense, a guy like AJ Beatty, who we're going to see in the 2020 class when he comes in, he's. A straight line pass rusher. His goal is to get after the quarterback and that's really it. He's not really going to be able to help you out a ton when it comes to uh, run defending. Now that's something that we could see pick up uh, of course once he gets on campus but he's a guy that's there to get after the quarterback and get him on the ground. Um, And then you look at a guy that is having a ton of success right now at the Senior Bowl. A guy like Jason Strobridge who really just did a great job this past year of whenever he wasn't able to get to the quarterback He really did a good job of being able to contain the edge, keep the quarterback in the pocket, and also when you talk about those run plays, he does a really good job of being able to get skinny through the offensive line and find his way into the backfield to make tackles. He's got the athleticism to get out in space. He realizes when you're running into some of those situations where, yeah, all of a sudden the offensive line's bailing out, well that's a screenplay. He's got the athleticism to be able to catch up from behind. That's the type of guy that Keyshawn Silver is and that's why I have him at number five on my list so on to number four Who do you got in this position as we get closer and closer towards the top of the list?
1: All right. so at number four I do have a wide receiver one of the top wide receivers not only in the state but in the country another guy out of Sun Valley in wide receiver, Gavin Blackwell. Uh, Really really quick, speedy receiver. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that Daz Newsome build I think a little bit of a smaller guy. Not quite Daz's size but really wants somewhat of a smaller receiver guy that moves well in space, a guy that does a really good job of getting open and and getting those yards after the catch. Obviously, as we mentioned, you're from Sun Valley High School, previously played with current UNC starting quarterback Sam Howell, so obviously some connections there. Um, If you, you know, some of our listeners that will remember back to the Sam Howell recruitment, some of those sort of, um, I guess, secret-esque visits that were going on in the uh, fall leading up to Sam flipping from Florida state to come to Carolina. Those were actually recruiting trips up for Gavin Blackwell uh, that Sam came along to. Um, And so, you know, this is a guy that Carolina has been recruiting for a long time. Really, really good wide receiver uh, has a national profile uh, similar to Evan prior. So there's a lot of guys that are, you know, looking at him, looking to recruit him. LSU, probably being the biggest one right now, um, as well as Ohio state, but sort of, based on information, you know, that might be in flux, I would say at this time, that North Carolina is still in the lead, I think that really for, you know, those two guys at Sun Valley, just having Sam Howell as your starting quarterback, that's going to be a big advantage, you know, no matter who you are, so, mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that North Carolina has a really good chance at in this class, could be one of the type, excuse me, one of the top wide receivers in the class, so. Guy, I'm really excited about a guy that I think can be a really good, explosive player within this offense.
2: So at number four, I went outside of the state for the first time. I went with four-star weak side defensive end Naquan Brown from Ocean Lakes High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And this is a guy that, while I don't think he's quite on the same level as Dez Evans that we saw from this past year, when you want to talk about a guy that really fits the rush end position perfectly... This is your guy right here. Uh, there's, you know, uh, that that's a position that they're still really thin at because they really just didn't recruit that position. Uh, of course, back when John Papuchis and the former staff were there, some guys like Timone Fox have made the adjustment. But you know, this is an area where Carolina is going to have to recruit for a couple of years to be able to get in the type of guys that they want. And I think Naquan Brown's one of those guys that they should really focus on. Um, you know, he's got the combat. Combination of both the athleticism and he has the relentless pass rushing ability. I mean, you just turn on his tape; every every clip of him is him getting after the quarterback. Uh, but he's also a guy that, with that athleticism, is able to get out in space and cause trouble. He's a guy that, really, if he needed to, could probably drop back into coverage because he's really just that athletic of a guy. I just feel like you know when you look at the talent level when it comes to some of the other guys that they're recruiting um, at that rush end position. The reason that I go with him is just because he's that much more talented than the other guys. Um, He's a guy that I think by the end of this process could probably be a five-star and the fact that he is just the perfect fit for this defense at that position I think is why the Tar Heels will really focus on him. So I got Naquan Brown at number four. Who do you have at number three as we get into uh, the top three most important prospects here in the 2021 class? All right,
1: top three. All right, my top three pick is going to be a little controversial just based on how highly this prospect is ranked, and I get the feeling that we're going to speak about him for a few minutes here, but that is five-star defensive tackle Peyton Page out of Dudley mm-hmm. High School in Greensboro, former teammate of Tar Heel signee, Miles Murphy. Really, really good elite defensive tackle here within the state of North Carolina. Not dissimilar to another guy that we saw here in the state of North Carolina, Um by the name of Dexter Lawrence really good size really good weight so has that ability to um, play that nose guard position stop the run fill up gaps but just a powerful powerful athlete as well just pushing guys out of the way getting in the backfield uh, stopping rushers in the backfield creating havoc so you can see why he's ranked as high as he is he's just a really really, really rare athlete that you know, that you want to see at that defensive tackle position that can be not only big but powerful, explosive, and even a little fast in some instances. So, you know, a guy that I really like in terms of his recruitment profile I'd say it's probably really two teams that are in the mix right now mm-hmm. a little bit similar to recruitments we've seen in the past similar to that Dexter Lawrence recruitment similar to a recruitment that we saw this past year uh, with linebacker Trenton Simpson where it is North Carolina and it is Clemson really duking it out there for the commitment uh, North Carolina obviously has a commitment from his former teammate that's going to carry some weight he's made a lot of visits to North Carolina but he's also made some visits to Clemson uh, that's been recruiting very well, well as of recently even so much as having the number one class here in the 2020 class so it's going to be a really 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 exciting really strong and you know another dogfight like we mentioned before North Carolina as we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast it's a elite haul in state and out of state teams are taking notice and they're going to come and try and steal our prospects and so we <laughs> we Need to you know, lock that down, yeah. and there's a lot to go around in this state, including you know five-star defensive tackle Peyton Pickett.
2: Yeah, we are going to get a lot of hate because I have him at number three as well, and the reason that I've got him at number three is because I, when I when I look at the position. I think that, you know, you've already got Jaleel Taylor there. You got Clyde Pinder. And Clyde Pinder was a guy that we really valued in this past class. So that's the reason that I've got him at number three. But if you want to talk about a guy that, I mean, look, he's ranked as one of the best prospects in the history of the state, and it's legitimate. I went and saw Miles Murphy earlier this year, and Peyton Page was a guy that just caught my eye just about every chance that he got. You want to talk about a space eater in the middle of your defense, that I mean he is the definition of that and that is what you want from a nose tackle especially when you're going to be playing more of a three man front which is what I think we're going to start to see because you'll you'll start to see guys that are going to stand up a lot more on the outside there won't be as many guys that are going to have their hands in the dirt there it won't be quite as cramped I think they're going to be able to space it out a little bit and and that's what you want to see Peyton Page is the type of guy that can do that for you he's the type of guy that most of your nose tackles in a 3-4 technique or a 3-4 base, which is basically what this is. It's a 3-4 it's a base with a you know a few different tweaks here and there. They're really guys that are able to cover multiple gaps. They're able to cover two gaps at a time, sometimes even three. Peyton Page can do that because he's that big, he's that athletic, like you said. And that's the one thing that's just so interesting about him. And why why if you if you go and put on his t- tape. He might remind you a a little bit. uh, Dexter Lawrence is is a really good comparison for people that are kind of you know maybe uh, really just focused on Carolina, maybe don't have that knowledge of some of the guys outside uh, of Carolina football. He's kind of a a more coming out of high school at least, a more developed version of what Aaron Crawford eventually became. That's what you're going to want to hope he's going to become. But again, you talked about it. The battle between Clemson and Carolina is going to be huge. And again, here's the thing. This is one of those ones that this will be a humongous statement, not only to the state of North Carolina, which I think you've already made a humongous statement uh, to, I think at this point, um, you know, prospects look at you as the top school in the state. I, I don't think it's really that debatable just looking at this year and then what we've seen already so far in the 2021 class with some of the top prospects having the closer ties to Carolina than to NC State or Duke or some of the other in-state colleges, but if you can beat out Clemson for him, that would just make a humongous statement to the rest of the country that, look, not only is this team going up against the teams in its state and winning, it's going up against some of the best teams nationally and winning. Now, they did that with Des Evans, but Des Evans was one of those weird prospects that really just wanted to stay in-state. He never actually took another visit anywhere else besides Carolina. So he was a guy that we kind of knew was coming to Carolina all along. Like you mentioned, Peyton Page has been to Clemson. He's got a really good relationship with their staff. So this is not one where you're going to be able to say, well, he just really wants to stay home. He's only been to our campus. It's a totally different type of recruitment, and it's going to be just a, a, a huge back and forth between Clemson and Carolina. I think it's one that could go really late into you know the 2021 period. I think it could probably go all the way until next December and possibly be decided early because he's a guy that's going to decide early. If he can early enroll, he's going to early enroll. So I think that uh, Carolina is right in the thick of this one. Uh, you mentioned the connection with Miles Murphy, and, and while that is you know something that I think can be encouraging for Tar Heel fans, at the same time you have to remember that Miles Murphy was only at Dudley for one year. So that relationship isn't as strong as, let's say, having Blackwells and Sam Howells or Michael Gonzalez and Sam Howells so it it is a little bit different there's still a relationship there but yeah that's uh, this is one of those guys that I mean we talked about Dez Evans being one of the more special prospects that was one of the guys that every time that we talked about the 2020 class we brought up Peyton Page is the guy that whenever we talk about the 2021 class he is always going to be one of if not the first guy that we mention. and again. I have him at three because of the need. I'm assuming that's probably one of the reasons you have him there as well, because we talked so much about the importance of landing Clyde Pinder and the talent that Clyde Pinder is. He's not going to be a guy that is just going to be pushed aside by Peyton Page. He's a talented player that would battle Peyton if he does end up committing. Um, So I I think it's going to be really interesting. That's why I have him at three. Um, So uh, let's go on to number two. Who do you have in second on your list all right to preface this I do want to say for my list these top two are prospects I really, really love in this class. Obviously, we love our top 10s. We love the guys we've selected. Of course. You know, like guys outside of there. But these guys, for me, are some of the best
1: in the state and in the country in this 2021 class, just based on what I've seen. At number two, I have inside linebacker target, Power Eccles out of the Charlotte area. I believe he won, um, you know, you'll have to help me with this, I believe he won either... Uh, Inside linebacker of the year at his level or something something Mm -hmm. along those lines, but look over his tape. This is a classic inside linebacker classic, but you know also modern in some sense. Really good at filling those run gaps. Really good at tackling runner, receiver, what have you. Anyone. It's not going to get past him, but also pretty good in coverage as well. Just wrapped up tackles this year at the inside linebacker position. And my goodness, put on that tape, It is going to be an explosion for this kid and his recruitment currently ranked in the 200s. Uh, I'm going to make another big statement here and why I, I can't say that he is on the same level as this prospect, I do think that there are some similarities in his skill set and his recruitment to what we saw from Trenton Simpson this time last year. Obviously, with Trenton Simpson, there was a large explosion. His recruitment became national. He began courting programs like Auburn, Clemson, Georgia, Florida, really have this sort of big aspect and moved in, even into that five-star range. You why know, I'm not going to say at this time, at the very least, that that's going to be how Power Eccles recruitment goes. You put on the tape, you see some similarity. You see a headhunter out there that is going to go and mess up somebody's day on offense. Really a guy that walks around with bad intentions, really an alpha on the defense. I, Like I said, These two guys here, I can't say enough good things about them. Uh, This was another situation recruiting-wise where Clemson was sort of in the mix, but with the linebacker haul that they took in 2019, 2020, and what they've already started in 2021, they're kind of pulling back on their linebacker recruiting there at Clemson. So, was kind of a guy that looked like a Clemson lock at one point. Is a little bit more open now. Carolina seems to have made up some significant room in that recruitment. Don't know if he's necessarily looking to, you know, lock down a commitment early or soon or anything along those lines. But Carolina has some momentum here, and wow, this is the guy that you want leading your defense.
2: Yeah, so number two, I have uh, a guy that you just talked about a little bit ago. is four-star wide receiver Gavin Blackwell out of Sun Valley High School in Monroe, North Carolina. And again, I talked about the need at wide receiver. This is a guy that could come in and help you immediately. He's got the size to play on the outside if he needed to. And I like your comparison to Daz Newsom because... There were a few things that I really liked about him. His short area quickness is really good. Um, I, I, I like the fact that he can do some things after the catch and really can catch just about anything. And, of course, great route runner as well. That's something that you love to see from guys that are at the high school level. And, and he was a guy that, you know, look, played with Sam, has that familiarity with him. I remember when I used to cover Sun Valley for the Inquirer Journal back when Sam was entering his junior year and just going out to one of their practices and, and seeing Gavin who was young at the time still just a, a freshman but really being able to pick up on some of the complexities of what was a really complex offense because Sam was just so much more advanced than a lot of the other quarterbacks in the area. He They were able to run a lot of RPO. They ran a complex route tree that, were, that, that was designed to let their athletic receivers get open and Blackwell thrived in that at a young age. Now he's grown up. He's really developed as a player. I saw him in the opener this past year. Him and Sun Valley played in uh, that game that I talked about earlier, the charlotte uh, Ortho carolina kickoff game. They played in the first game of the two, and uh, he just made a spectacular one-handed grab. I mean, this guy, if you throw it in his direction, he has the ability to go up and get it. He's explosive, and he's one of those guys that if, you know, in the state of North Carolina, you've got the connection, you've a need at the position. This is one that you should be able to lock up and it is another one of those guys. I'm not going to say that he's quite on the same level as some of the guys that are in this class, mainly Josh Downs because Josh Downs is just a... I mean, we saw it if you guys went and watched uh, the All-American game um, from the Army All-American game, that is, uh, back early in January. He's a guy that it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. He may actually have a chance to, if Carolina uses four wide receivers early in the game against Central Florida in the opener. He might be your guy that comes in and rotates in the slot with Daz Newsome. Um, It's going to be hard to hold him off the field. So uh, I think that Gavin Blackwell is just one of those guys that you're going to need to get in this class. You you need some wide receivers. He's a guy that has the talent to play early and and I think that's one of the reasons he's going to be a top priority in this class. So uh, Let's go to number one. This is your top player in the two 2021 class who do you have here at number one
1: all right at number one on the board a recent scholarship offer mind you so newly on the target board but rising in interest guy that i didn't really know a whole lot about but put on his film and my goodness what i've blown away that is linebacker target, uh, Raniria Dilworth, known as Ra Ra Dilworth, out of Glen High School in Curtisville, North Carolina. Teammates with uh, Javier Ritzy that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, put this guy's film on, and you are in for a show. Uh, 6'2, kind of in that 190 area. So you look at his sort of athletic profile. You'd think that he was corner, maybe potentially a safety. And that's where he played a lot of early on in high school. Well, but move move down to play a little bit more linebacker this year, and my goodness, there is one guy in particular uh, that's going to enter the NFL draft and this guy reminds me of, and that's Isaiah Sentence. A guy that you see wow. plays sort of that linebacker safety position can play inside, can play, outside, can play outside, can play safety, can rush the passer.
0: This guy has that athletic profile. And that's not something that I say lightly here. So this guy, he is all over the place. He is attacking the quarterback, he is attacking uh, the running back rushing the ball. He's sitting back in coverage. So explosive, so fast, so many different ways that you can use him. Kind of a guy that they're recruiting in that
1: conjury Jackson role right now where they want to have a guy that they can, you know, move out into coverage or a tight end or slot receiver, move inside and play inside, have him rush the passer through various aspects of the defense. I think he's a perfect fit for that, sort of like we mentioned with Gabe Stevens a little bit earlier, but holy moly, I think this is another guy alongside Power Eccles that's recruitment is just going to go up and up. If Carolina is able to get his commitment, I think it's a big time player. This 2021
2: class. So I've got Power Eccles at number one, but man, I'm gonna have to go back and watch a little bit of Vernieria Dilworth because uh, I, I did I did throw on a little bit of his tape, but I was a guy that was a three star prospect. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to go back and watch a little bit more of him uh, to get a look because you, that is some really high praise for him. Uh, but look, Power Eccles, I, I think you're with me on this. Uh, I, Power is one of the better prospects that I think I've ever personally seen uh, in. this this state. Uh, and I know that's saying a lot, but here's how you know. The Charlotte Observer put out an all-decade team back a couple of weeks ago, of course, when all the all-decade stuff was going out. Power Eccles, who hasn't even finished his high school career, was on that list and was pretty highly ranked among the linebackers. You want to talk about a guy that I know that this is used a lot, especially with some of the guys at the high school level because they're the most talented guy on their team. He is literally a guy that is everywhere. I saw him in the state championship game against Leesville Road, and... I just I could not get over how much space he can cover by himself. You want to talk about sideline-to-sideline ability? He's just so fast that when he reacts, he is going to find a way to be the first guy to the football. When it comes to open field tackling, if he's one-on-one in space, it really doesn't matter. This is not a guy that you're going to say, okay, well, we're worried if he's going to make the tackle out in space. He's going to make the tackle because he is one of the better form tacklers that I've seen and you know he's got the ability to get after the quarterback I think it's you know you compared him to Trenton Simpson a little bit it's a little bit different because Trenton was more of an outside linebacker I think Trenton was more of a guy that I mean because he played running back he had the ability to drop into coverage a, a little bit smoother than Eccles does um, that's not to say that Eccles can't drop back I mean look especially as an inside linebacker he is a I mean that just a phenomenal phenomenal guy in coverage. Uh, most inside linebackers are just really going to struggle. I mean, we saw it at times this year with, uh, you know, Jeremiah Gimmel, who, you know, just, you, you can see there's there's a little too much build on him to be able to keep up with faster tight ends and slot receivers if for some reason he's put on an island or potentially running backs out of the backfield. That's not really an issue with Power Eccles because even though he's got a little bit of size on his upper body, he's just that athletic that he can stay with guys. So, Yeah, this is one of those guys that immediately. I knew from watching him a couple of years ago he was going to be really high on the radar. When I went back and watched his tape before the state championship game, then saw him at the state championship game, I knew this is one of the top targets. And anytime that I see clips of him or go back and watch him even again like I did before we did this podcast, he is without a doubt my top prospect in this class. That is a guy that when you talk about someone that can come in and replace what will probably be a day 2 guy in the NFL draft and Chasirat and a potential all-American this next coming year. I think that Power Eccles is that guy that if you if you were to get him signed, which there is some, you know, there, there were some rumors a couple of months back that he was looking to kind of move on his recruitment early. Um, it was mainly, I think, because he had a good battle going on. Carolina was in it along with Clemson. I don't know if maybe the plans have changed because Clemson is kind of backing off. As you said, I think also Power Eccles is just kind of backing off as well too because what what I think honestly happened with his recruitment is really, I don't think Power thought that Clemson was going to continue to pursue Trenton Simpson. Uh, when they did continue to pursue him, I think Eccles kind of got a little hurt by that, uh, basically kind of looking at it as, hey, you know, you guys were pretty much all in on Justin Flo, now you guys are also trying to bring in Trenton Simpson. Now, the good news for Clemson is, is that they did not, I mean, it's not good news, but in this recruitment, it's good news that they didn't get Justin Flo, who ends up actually committing to Oregon. So there are still some spots open, but I feel like Power Eccles is kind of looking at Carolina and saying, look, if I go there, there is without a doubt I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he would be the guy that would be the envy of everyone's eye coming in in that 2021 class just because of how good he plays. I'm interested to see you know, what's going to happen with his recruitment because, like you said, I really feel like he'll start moving up boards here as we go throughout the season and and especially as we go throughout camp season where they really get a real good look at him and say, wow, this kid is really special. So it'll be interesting to see if other teams will possibly enter the running for him, but I think right now Carolina's in a really, really good spot. And this is one that I think this staff has to be locked in on. They if they want to find a way to make a statement. Of course, Peyton Page is, is the big one. I think Power Eccles is really right behind them, and especially with the need. I think this is the reason why Power Eccles needs to be locked up. That's the reason I got him number one on my list. So uh, that was great. I loved going through all those guys. Uh, yeah, there are just so many other really great players in this state. Um, just a couple of guys that I had listed in the article that I wrote a little while back that I'll just throw out there that I, I'm kind of shocked weren't named um, by either one of us or uh, th- there were actually some people online that didn't mention them uh, as well. Uh, four-star wide receiver Kobe Paceauer out of Kings Mountain High School in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Uh, good, tall wide receiver. Got some size on him. Uh, can play on the outside, which is the position that Carolina is probably going to need some wide receivers uh, this upcoming season, especially if Deami Brown was to go to the NFL after his junior year. Um, And he has Carolina in his final schools list. Of course, uh, I got that coming up for you guys where we'll go over uh, all the guys that put Carolina in their list. But uh, yeah, that was one of those guys. I was kind of shocked. He didn't show up on uh, either one of ours or uh, the people on line's list. But uh, yeah, I think uh, he's one of those guys to keep an eye on. Four-star offensive guard, Yousef uh, Mugrabal. He comes from Murphy High School, which is way out in Murphy, North Carolina. Uh, That's, you know, corner of the state, right near the Tennessee border, Um, but it's a school in Murphy that has been just churning out really good prospects for a while. Uh, Not a lot of them go into bigger schools just because of where the school is located, but this is a guy that is dominant. He can play uh, really any of the interior spots, center, left guard, right guard, Um, and he's a name that I think you're going to start to become a little more familiar with as we go through the recruiting process. And again, it's going to be hard for you know, a lot of coaches to go out and see him. So Carolina is one of those ones that I think has a good um, established relationship with him. And he's a guy that he feels like he's going to stay in state. So I'm interested to see where he goes. Another one, four-star weak side defensive end Zaire Patterson. Really athletic guy. Plays at a smaller school in Winston-Salem uh, Prep. But is a really good player. Um, you know, Another guy that could potentially fit that, weak, uh, that, that uh, rush defensive end type position. Um, Also, I think, could put on the body size, uh, could slide inside and play that four-eye technique position as well. And then uh, the last guy that I'll throw out there that I did not see on anybody's list is four-star cornerback Kamaro Edmonds, who comes from Havelock High School, a team that uh, really another school that's just churning out prospects year after year. Really talented player. He's listed as a cornerback online, has played a little bit of cornerback, but also has played running back at the high school level and been really, really successful. So he is another guy that I was interested uh, that wasn't on anybody's list. So... Let's go through a couple of the submissions that we got online. Now, I just asked the fans for a top five um, because I felt that asking for a top ten might be just a little bit too difficult You know, just because some people might not have quite the extent of knowledge on the class. So we got some really good responses. Uh, We'll start with the people on Facebook. So uh, it starts with a guy named Kelvin Ray Cornelius on Facebook. Um, He actually listed more than the required five through a couple of names out there um, that are new onto the list, but uh, I don't know the order because he really just threw out the names one by one, so I'll just read off the names that he threw out. He had Keyshawn Silver, who we talked about, the three-star strong side defensive end from Rocky Mount High School. Javari Ritzy is on there as well, the four-star weak side defensive end. Uh, Gabe Stevens, uh, as well as uh, the first new guy that we'll see on the list um, in uh, one of the top quarterback prospects that Carolina is after in Grant Nussmeyer, or excuse me, Garrett Nussmeyer, out of uh, Flower Mound, Texas. and uh, This is one of those guys that's kind of interesting. Carolina has a really good relationship with him. Um, He's been on campus a few times, but another one of those guys that has a national recruitment, of course, you probably have heard the last name before, Doug Nussmeyer, who's a former offensive coordinator, uh, of course, was at Alabama at one time. He's a guy that's a big-time national recruit, so so it's interesting. And believe it or not, that's not the only time that you'll see Nussmeyer's name show up on here. So I, I found that pretty interesting. He also, of course, has Gavin Blackwell on there, uh, Evan Pryor, and uh, Peyton Page on there as well. Andrew Walker on Facebook. He goes with, uh, he actually lists them in order. Um, so we'll go with number five. Uh, he had DeAndre Boykins, the four star uh, athlete out of Central Cabarrus High School in uh, in Concord, North Carolina and boykins is an interesting prospect because this was a guy that pretty much everybody thought early on in his recruitment was going to go to South Carolina no doubt because that's where his brother went to his brother has since transferred from South Carolina so his recruitment is pretty much wide open he was on campus this past weekend seems to have really good ties to Carolina so he's a very interesting one to keep on and keep an eye on uh, he also has Evan Pryor at number four he has Gavin Blackwell at number three And then uh, number two, he has five-star cornerback Tony Grimes. Um, And and this one, another massive one. Carolina is in the race for him, but uh, this is a guy that is wanted by literally every school in the country. Uh, I think his offer number is somewhere north of 50 already, which is just ridiculous for a 2021 prospect. Um, But Carolina, believe it or not, is in it. They've established a pretty good relationship. He's a guy out of the state of Virginia that is in that sort of Tidewater area, which is a big area that Carolina wants to recruit well. That's where Trey Bly, of course, comes from. So there are some ties there. Um, but this is a guy that's ranked number ten in the entire country and, and is a solid five-star prospect. Carolina is going to have a lot of work to do here, but that's interesting that he put him on there. And then number one is Peyton Page. Uh, Gregory Jones on Facebook, a guy that's interacted with us plenty. Uh, so of course we uh, thank him for sending this in. Uh, he's got number five, which is very interesting interesting is a guy that I'd like to hear your opinion on because I'm assuming that he's probably, you've watched him a little bit, Uh, Will Shipley out of Weddington High School right here just down the block from me in Weddington, North Carolina. Really, really talented prospect. But a guy that has really good ties to NC State because his parents went there, as well as Notre Dame. I'm interested, is he a guy that you were looking at and potentially thought about putting on your list? Because he was one of those guys for me. But I think with where his recruitment's at, I just have a hard time putting him on that list because it feels like Carolina's going to have a a whole lot of work in order to find a way to land his commitment. I would agree with that. He, he's definitely a talented running back. I would say he would probably be, you know, in the mix alongside Evan Pryor for one of the top in the state, one of the top of the nation. Probably one of the
1: players he's most compared to is current Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, just a really dynamic athlete that can not only, you know, run with the ball but catch it in space. So, you know, a guy that's really got a good athletic profile. But like you've mentioned, you know, one of the main things is that Carolina does appear to be on the outside looking in. You mentioned the connection with nc state with his parents both being alumni but also has good ties with notre dame has good ties with uh, Stanford on the West Coast has mm-hmm. good ties with Clemson. That's local, and right. you know, as we stated, is is recruiting very well at this time. So, you know, there's a lot of national programs that are you know really in the mix for Will Shipley. I think he's a guy that's going to take his recruitment national. I think he's going to have serious interest from other schools as compared to some of the other guys that we've mentioned that were more specifically local based. So, right. for that reason alone, it was hard to include him just because I, if I were to predict um, a place today, I don't know who I would pick necessarily as the one singular choice where it's going to commit and or sign, but I don't think it's going to be North Carolina unfortunately.
2: There you go. That's yep, yeah, exactly, I, I agree with everything you said there and, and yeah, that's uh, interesting though that Gregory included him on his list. He has him at number five. Gavin Blackwell, who we talked about of course at number four. Uh, number three he has Power Eccles. Number two is Drake May and, and this is one that it's it's another one that's really hard to put on your list just because he's committed to Alabama and while there were some rumors that he was not happy with the fact that they brought in Bryce Young in the 2020 class he's still committed to the class right now it's going to be really hard I mean look I know that you've got the fact that of course his dad went there to Carolina and was very successful as a quarterback Of course, Luke, his brother, went there um, and was very successful on the basketball court and is now uh, in the G League, having a pretty successful career as well. But it's just, I mean... You're trying to sway a guy from a program that is pretty much guaranteed to at least be in contention for the college football playoff every single year. Most years be in the in the playoff, if not in the national championship game, playing for a title. And most of the time that they're there, usually winning the title. It's going to be hard to try to sway him off of that commitment. Um, you know, look, I, I've of course have talked to his dad Mark before. Really great guy. Um, there's a lot of people that still think that he's he he is open to hearing what other schools have to say. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you're you're talking about a kid that's committed to one of the best, if not the best, overall football program in the history of college football. It's going to be hard to sway his commitment. Um, But if Carolina was able to do it, an extremely talented player at a Myers Park High School right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, through. 50 touchdowns last year to just two interceptions. Really, just has everything. Um, you know, a guy that's a little bit thinner than Sam Howell, but can you know has that gunslinger mentality. Can really take over a game with his arm. Great deep ball. A guy that can do some things on the run. That is pretty special. So he's a guy that I think will, will, will be a name to keep an eye on. And and what do you think about Drake May? I mean, he's a guy that you know I think if Carolina could lock him down would be huge. But I think. You yeah, you probably kind of with me. It's going to be really, really hard to sway him away from Nick Saban and and the lore of Alabama.
1: I think it definitely can be. Um, I think that, like you mentioned, if there are you know factors that are within Carolina's favor, I think they're certainly out there. Just the family connection in and of itself, I think, is a big one. The fact that Alabama took a quarterback here in this class uh, in uh, Bryce Young out of California, so. Uh, you know when you're looking at where's he going to get an early opportunity to play, that sort of family atmosphere, you know, those may have some advantages there from North Carolina, but it's really, really hard to commit against one of those programs, such as Alabama, that has that sort of history more. So I don't think that the recruitment's done. I don't think that you know he's never going to come to North Carolina or never going to show interest in North right. Carolina. I don't think that's the case. I think he's, you know even though he is committed, I still think he's going to take visits. I think that he'll most likely take visits elsewhere as well. Like, there were other schools, you know, besides those two that were in the mix for his commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson was a team that was recruiting him, I believe. Uh, Georgia was also recruiting him, even though they just got a quarterback commitment. I know that they were one; they were still looking at his commitment. So, just based on the type of player that he is, he's a really, really good quarterback. Really cerebral. Really good at dissecting a defense. Mm-hmm. I think he's another recruitment that you know, obviously being committed. He's not 100% open, 100% going to take it national in that sense, but I think there's more teams involved here than just Alabama and North Carolina in this recruitment, if we're going to put those two in, in, in the right. mix. So I don't think it's a recruitment that's done by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to project a flip or anything along those lines, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility, and it, it's a situation in which um, my best advice for Carolina fans is just sit back, wait. There are other prospects that will recruit not only at the position, but in the 2021 class let the chips fall where
2: they may, and we're going to get our quarterback for the 2021 class. Alright, so Anthony uh, Squilany, oh, excuse me, uh, finish up Gregory's uh, no, his number one guy, Peyton Page. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be a pretty common theme here, but Anthony uh, Squilany Squilin- from Facebook, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right, uh, he has number five Garrett uh, Nussmeyer who we talked about. Uh, number four, he has Catron uh, Evans, uh, which is a name that some might not be familiar with, but is another really talented prospect. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, this, he's actually going with a defensive tackle here, so I think uh, another one of those ones that's really for need more than anything. He comes out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland and uh, a really talented player, a four-star player that's inside of the top 150 in the country. Still seems to be early in his recruitment, but really an interesting name. One of those guys that I just uh, I don't really know a whole lot about just because he's kind of an off-the-radar guy, hasn't really been to campus a ton. Um, So that's a name that that is interesting. Uh, The name that's a very talented young player, but interesting to show up on a list like this. Number three has Evan Pryor. Number two, Gavin Blackwell. And number one, of course, is Peyton Page. Kevin Richardson on Facebook. Uh, He sent in his top five. He has number five, Drake May, who we just talked about number 4 Javari Ritzy number 3 Power Eccles, number 2 Evan Pryor and number 1 Peyton Page and then on Twitter uh, we had one of our guys that listens in to the podcast very often at Heels 365 on Twitter uh, he says uh, he actually gave me his top 10 uh, at number 10 he has Evan Pryor number 9 he has Breon Pass number 8 he went with Naquan Brown number 7 and this one is an absolute shock to me. He has Peyton Page at number seven. So we thought we had Peyton Page low. Uh, he has him at number seven. I think maybe that's because we had Clyde Pinder in this class. But uh, yeah, at number seven, that's one that uh, could catch a little bit of flack there. And we just gave out your Twitter handle. So unfortunately, you may have to prepare for that. Uh, number six, a name that hasn't been mentioned, but is a very interesting prospect. Uh, it's, uh, I believe, I, I don't have it pulled up just yet, but let me get to it. But it's a cornerback out of the state of Georgia. Jordan Hancock, of course, went to the same high school uh, that Josh Downs went to in North Gwinnett High School. Um, And he is a four-star. He's a guy that's ranked inside the top 300. Really, really talented player. And, of course, North Gwinnett has produced some great players. That's a school that right now is just a factory. Of course, Cade Fortin came out of there. Uh, Josh Downs, who we just talked about. And they produce a ton of other guys. The 2021 class is actually loaded with guys. uh, from North Gwinnett High School and Hancock is one of those guys that has kind of shown up lately. You talked about corners that are 6 foot or a little bit bigger. He's 6 foot 170 a guy that can handle himself uh, in coverage as a man cover corner so uh, could be an an interesting name to keep an eye on. I don't really know how good the relationship is just yet because it it still feels pretty early in his recruitment I'll be interested to see if he's one of the guys that will be on campus this weekend Um, and if he is I think that Carolina is going to really have at least a fighting chance in his recruitment of course comes out of the state of Georgia so you're going to have to fight off Georgia Georgia Tech who's really recruiting pretty well as well so uh, that's one of the interesting guys on this list that I think is a name to keep an eye on Um, but really uh, the only reason that I didn't have him on my list is just because I don't think the relationship is quite established enough just yet and also I feel like he's a guy that you know, just because of the connection with Josh Downs I don't know if that will be enough to land his commitment. I think there's a good relationship there but I think that's the, the, the lore of a school like Georgia is going to be tough to stay away from. Number 5 he has Keyshawn Silver who we talked about. Number 4 Gavin Blackwell. Number 3 Power Eccles. Number 2 Drake May and he finishes it up with number 1 Will Shipley. And then the last submission that we had, this one from at Brown L. Caleb on Twitter uh, he sent in, he, said, he told me he didn't have uh, a top five, but he was able to send in uh, his top three. He has number three Power Eccles, number two Tony Grimes, and number one Evan Pryor. So a lot of Evan Pryor, a lot of Peyton Page, and a lot of Power Eccles. Those are the two guy, or those are the three guys that I think uh, really are seen as the top guys in this class. So um, really exciting. That uh, that was a whole lot of fun talking about those guys. And those are some names that you're going to want to really become familiar with. A lot of those those guys are going to be on campus this weekend, January 25th on Saturday. That is Junior Day. Of course, we'll have you covered with any of the big-time storylines coming out of Junior Day on the Heel Tough blog, so make sure you guys are sticking around and checking all of that out. So, we'll finish up tonight with the 40-yard dash where we run through some of the other headlines that are going on and we will stay with recruiting to start it out um, and we'll talk about the targets that have the Tar Heels in their top schools list. and So, Uh, It starts, of course, with Peyton Page. He just narrowed his list down a couple of weeks ago. His top five, Carolina, Clemson, Oregon, LSU, and Tennessee. And, of course, Clemson, as we talked about, is the big one here. But Oregon is one to keep an eye on as well, a team that's really recruiting well. Uh, They did a phenomenal job closing down the 2020 class. And, again, they should be hitting it hard once again. And then, of course, LSU, you can never really count them out. They're a team that's recruiting nationally and considering that Peyton Page is inside the top 10 nationally. You feel like they could make some noise as well, especially if they're looking to add a nose tackle in that class that can play early. So, I still think that Carolina and Clemson are the two big ones here. It's probably going to come down to those two, but don't count out Oregon and LSU in this race. And then Tennessee's in there, but I just feel like everybody else kind of has a little bit of a leg up. We haven't really heard a lot uh, with Tennessee from them, but it's still a team in Tennessee that is improving. uh, Really good job done there to recover after a really slow start by Jeremy Pruitt and his staff. And you better believe that Tennessee uh, will be still in some of these contests for some of these top players. Uh, Evan Pryor, we talked about the four-star running back. He said that he has a top five in place, but he has not actually released it. And... You know, just from our guesses, Carolina is on that list because he just took a visit over this past weekend. He's been a frequent visitor to Carolina um, even before that visit. So it looks like Carolina is one of those teams that's on the list. You talked about Ohio State, Penn State probably being on that list. Penn State's the real interesting one because I feel like Pryor reminds Penn State a lot of Saquon Barkley, and that's one of the reasons they're going to be going after him. Heavy Wisconsin is on there as well. A lot of Big Ten, flavors. Uh, I think is in his top five. That is still unofficial at this time, but it looks like Carolina will probably be one of those teams in there whenever he makes it official. As for uh, four-star weak side defensive end Naquan Brown, he released the top 10 uh, about two weeks ago now. Uh, Carolina on that list along with Maryland, TCU, Michigan, Pittsburgh, Penn State, Virginia Tech, LSU, Virginia, and Nebraska. So still, it seems like a pretty long way away from making his decision. Probably one that's going to go down to the end. Doesn't seem like a guy that's going to decide before he starts his senior year. But Carolina being in. In the top 10 is really just a huge step. They've got some really talented teams that they're going to have to go up against, like LSU, like Penn State, and then you've got the in-state teams that are going to have a say as well in Virginia Tech and Virginia, but I think Carolina is in good position here. It's a step in the right direction uh, in terms of landing his commitment for them to be in his top 10. As for one of the guys that we talked about earlier that didn't get a whole lot of love, and we talked about some of your top recruits in the 2021 class, but is still a really talented player. Four-star wide receiver Kobe Paceauer His top seven: he had Carolina, Georgia, Notre Dame, West Virginia, Louisville, Tennessee, and Duke. Really interesting group of teams there. Of course, Georgia is the one that sticks out. Um, you know, he's a guy that really just hasn't really hasn't let on a whole lot about where his recruitment is at. Which teams kind of had a lead. Or which teams are really just there as, as placeholders, um, sort of similar to what we heard. We were hearing from Des Evans, uh, not a guy that you know was really just taking visits to one school or anything, but a guy that's keeping everything that he can possibly keep on the down low, on the down low. So uh, not a guy that you can read into just a whole lot, but a good step for Carolina that they are in his top seven. You talked about uh, Tamir Brown, a guy that you had in your top ten, the three-star athlete. The least. His top 10, Carolina, NC State, Wang Forest, Tennessee, South Carolina, East Carolina, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke. And Appalachian State are the top 10 for him. And the good news for Carolina is this seems to be one that's going to stay local. Uh, And Carolina, I think, is one of the favorites here. Really good established relationship. Um, A a need that they're going to have. A cornerback, of course, you can never have too many corners. But Tamiya Brown feels like that type of guy uh, that Carolina is really pursuing heavily. And amongst this group, I think Carolina has a really good standing with them. It'll be interesting. And then the last guy, this is a guy that kind of caught me off guard just a slight bit having Carolina in his top six, but I think really just shows kind of where Carolina is actually at. Three-star wide receiver Troy uh, Stilato uh, comes out of the state of Florida down um, in the southern part of Florida. Didn't have any Florida teams in his uh, in his top six, but Carolina was one of the teams that was in the running for him. He's out of Cardinal Gibbons High School in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Carolina 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 is in there along with Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, and USC, and I think that really just shows you that Carolina and Mack Brown have made such an impact on the recruiting trail over the last uh, really just year and a half that, I mean, you got a guy that is from the state of Florida, a guy that you know has probably had some some decent focus from the staff but again not a guy that they can visit all the time and this is a guy that still has carolina in his top 6 i think that shows where they're at um of course this past year what their offense did was uh was huge and i think has a big influence and i think guys really do want to play with sam Howell this is one of those things that shows that and uh it's pretty cool that carolina is in this top 6 amongst uh really uh, some of the nation's best uh, Uh, really five of the top programs really in all of the sport of college football definitely in the history of college football you can kind of debate where USC is at at this point but uh, still one of those programs that at any time you wouldn't be shocked if they got right back in the thick of the national championship hunt a couple other storylines that have been coming out around Toriel football over the last couple of days Jason Strobridge a guy who just graduated as a senior now uh, down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. He has shined in his first three days down there. The first two days, he was listed as uh, that one of the top performers down there. Actually, day one listed as the top performer by NFL.com. Uh, he has just exploded onto the scene down there. A guy that a lot of the draft scouts really weren't overly high on but thought had a lot of potential because they thought he played at a position for most of his time at Carolina, which was somewhat true under the prior staff having him play defensive tackles. Tackle. We saw this year at the 4-I technique position fit a little bit better and I think he has the potential to be a really good NFL player, so great to see him shining down there in Mobile. Of course, the Senior Bowl will be on this Saturday. Uh, I think it's on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon is the kickoff time. Not 100% sure about that, but it'll be on NFL Network, so make sure that you guys are checking that out. Uh, transfer kicker Grayson uh, Grayson Atkins excuse me, heading to, uh, to Carolina from Furman. Uh, a guy that was an All-American last year at Furman. Really accurate kicker. 33 of 41 in his career at Furman uh, and was very accurate from deep, which is something Carolina is really looking for this past year. 7 of 8 from 40 40 yards or more. That's an area where Noah Ruggles really struggled this past year, but uh, Noah could still be in the running there. It'll be interesting to watch the battle between those two. And one of the big-time transfer targets uh, has ended up Going elsewhere. That's Quincy Rocher, the defensive end that was on the market from Temple. Of course, Carolina had a good relationship with him, but the fact that he wasn't able to early enroll at Carolina pretty much was seen as uh, the knife uh, in the uh, or, or yeah, I don't know what I'm looking for there with that uh, with with that comparison or whatever. But. Um, You know, that was pretty much seen as the last straw. Unfortunately for Carolina, he ends up going to Miami where he can early enroll. Uh, So not only do you not land him, but now you're going to have to play against him. But uh, still, uh, overall, Carolina still in a pretty good position for the 2020 season. And more than likely, I would be shocked if they don't go and look for someone else in that transfer portal to possibly add to that defensive line for the 2020 season. So that wraps up this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Of course, we want to thank Zach Hubbard for being with us tonight to do this exciting edition. Of course, we want you guys to send in your top five if you have them. If you want to go further and do a top 10 like we did, go ahead. But we always love to hear those from you guys. We want the fans to interact with us. So make sure you're doing that. Another way that you can interact with us is make sure that you are sharing the stuff. Uh, I hate to do it to you guys uh, to ask you to do this because uh, we really haven't had to up until this point. But if you guys listen to the podcast, if you guys read the articles online, if you could please share them onto some of those uh, th- those pages, those groups, share them onto your own timeline. We really appreciate that because Facebook kind of locking us up with some of the stuff that we're able to share into these groups. After a while, they like to shut down the accounts uh, for a little while, sort of limit you from sharing into the groups. I don't know. I guess they think we're spam or something like that. It's not that. We're just trying to get the information out to you guys. So uh, we really want some of those people that maybe are aren't you listening to the podcast every week, maybe aren't reading every article, uh, to still be able to find those articles. So if you guys could help us out, we would greatly appreciate that. Of course, you can find all the articles, the podcast, HeelToughBlog.com. We've got you covered with everything. As we mentioned, coming up with Junior Day, got you covered with everything from the draft. And then, of course, for Carolina Basketball, we got you covered as well with everything that's going on with the team that is really just struggling right now. Um, But we're trying to work through it with you guys. We'll be there uh, the rest of the season no matter what this is not a team that we're going to bail on either so make sure that you're checking out the blog for all the latest on that as well as the Royce Boys podcast that's the basketball podcast that you guys can listen to we're going to have a recap of the game this past uh, or on Wednesday actually uh, from the game against Virginia Tech and then uh, of course we will have the Miami preview for you guys as well that episode um, will be up later tonight on the site so make sure you guys check that out so uh, once again want to thank you guys for listening want to thank zach for hosting the show with us tonight and uh we'll we'll see you next time on the heel tough blog podcast and as always go tar heels